Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. By fighting to keep schools closed, excuse me, open for virtual learning, for up to a full year in the jurisdictions in which they hold the most power, teachers' unions sought to expand that power. Now, public school enrollments are tumbling, and evidence is piling up that the school closures harm students' mental health and even expanded the racial achievement gaps the unions claim to seek to close. Joining me to discuss the teachers' union's attempts to spin their school closures and her organization's efforts to counter their influence is Ashley Varner, Vice President of Communications and Federal Affairs for the Freedom Foundation. Uh, Ashley, welcome. And uh, could you tell your, uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself and your work with Freedom Foundation? Sure. Thank you for having us back on, Michael. It's a pleasure. Uh, I've been with the Freedom Foundation for several years. Uh, The Freedom Foundation is a national organization that really focuses on one thing, and that is helping public sector employees understand their rights about workplace involvement in the union, uh, whether or not they have to be members, whether or not they have to pay dues. Uh, What we have found since the Supreme Court ruled in 2018 that they... Uh, it is a violation of the First Amendment rights of public employees. Uh, they ruled that, that that's a violation. They can't be compelled to pay union dues as a requirement of their job. Uh, but what we found is that most public employees don't know this. They don't know that they have these rights because who's going to tell them, right? The union is certainly not going to tell them that they have a choice whether or not to give them their money. Uh, the government employer oftentimes is not interested in informing them of their rights. So it's really been something the Freedom Foundation has taken up, and we have a massive outreach campaign across the country just making sure public sector employees know about their rights, and if they decide they no longer want to pay those union dues, we assist them in informing their union they want to opt out, and then uh, inevitably the union doesn't want to let go of that money, and so when they make it difficult for the public employees to leave and stop paying dues, we take legal action on behalf of our clients pro bono. Cool. Uh, So... Our listeners will probably be familiar with the role of the teachers' unions in the COVID pandemic era school closures, especially in ensuring that they went on as long as they did and were uh, conducted in the way that they were. Um, but it's probably worth worth recounting them. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, what we have found is that the teachers' unions saw the COVID shutdowns across the country as an opportunity for them to essentially conduct a strike that they didn't have to call. Uh, The teachers' unions saw shutting down the schools as a way of holding um, parents and students uh, basically hostage to their political demands. And we saw saw some of those demands. I mean, this will always stay in my mind. Uh, United Teachers Los Angeles, the the teachers' union for, uh, for Los Angeles, um, put out this, for lack of a better word, manifesto that demanded everything from like defunding the police to Medicare for all uh, to you know a giant tax increase as their price to come back to school. 
That is exactly the situation I was going to mention, Michael. Yes, the UTLA were actually uh, representing a Los Angeles teacher in a case against UTLA because he was actually, he's not a conservative. He's no rock-ribbed, you know, right-winger. He was a proud union member, and he, you know, picketed with his union for better wages and hours and such. Uh, But when his union said they weren't going to come back to school until they defunded the police and got rid of the school resource officers, um, our client, Glenn Laird, said that is enough. You know, I've seen too much violence in schools. We need these officers in our schools. And uh, he wanted to get out. He told them, no, no more dues from uh, my paycheck going to fund this political agenda. And so now we're helping him in court. But yes, uh, L.A. is probably the most egregious example that we have had on a national scale. But certainly Chicago has done similar. Uh, You know, New York City has done similar as well. A lot of these districts, if they are run by union political power, they were able to exert a lot more uh, pressure to keep the schools closed, to keep the uh, the mandates going, even if schools were coming back. You know, you had to have the mask mandates and yeah, the cor- the, seeing- the, cor- the quarantines and the, mm-hmm. all the other all the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. They saw this as a political weapon that they were going to exert to uh, extract more power. And we've actually seen uh, the AFT since 2020, they have lost 2% of their membership because so many teachers across the country just got fed up with how they were being played as political pawns, you know, especially in Randy Weingarten's uh, political control scheme. And the Freedom Foundation has helped thousands of teachers since these uh, shutdowns started in March 2020. Uh, We're hearing from them all the time. We're holding teacher roundtables, helping teachers understand their rights and, you know, liability insurance uh, organizations cover that they don't have to go through the union. Teachers are fed up. We, We love teachers across the country who did not want to be part of this political game. Um, And it's having an impact. And we're seeing it not just in the teachers union membership, which also means dollars that are going to go to their political pet projects. But but the devastation we're now seeing that we knew was going to happen when you keep our kids out of. Right. Right. That's the that was the next thing that that next place I was going. The. You know, now that it's been two years, we are now beginning to see the consequences and. There, I know there was a study that came out of, I think it was, was it Harvard? It was Harvard, yes. Mm-hmm. That that the, you know, the AFT uh, and the NEA, the two major teachers unions, make a big show of being really woke. Uh, AFT, you know, brings Ibram X. Kendi to give speeches. You know, the NEA passes resolutions in support of critical race theory. Meanwhile, in the real world, what this Harvard study demonstrated is that where the teachers unions had the most power and the schools were closed the longest, the racial achievement gaps widened the most. Is that, am, am, am I right about that? That's correct. And it's just devastating to see the numbers. Um, but basically you had schools that went back to in-person fully after maybe only four weeks of being out. And so whether it was a high poverty school or a high income level school, if they went back after only about a month out of school, uh, they suffered only about 15% of their learning loss, both high poverty and high income schools. Uh, so it, it was really about the amount of time they were kept out of in-person education. For those schools that stayed in remote learning for 16 weeks or more, which is four months, 
The higher income schools suffered about 27% of their learning loss, but the lower income schools suffered nearly 40% learning loss. That's just devastating for these children. And we could see this happening. You know that if you've got the resources and you're a parent, you're going to get private tutoring. Well, and, that's, and, and, that's, you know? and that brings up the other thing that came out this week. I believe it came out this week in the New York Times that a lot of these um, – a lot of these school districts that had prolonged closures, the parents are walking and the enrollments are way down. They're way down and now the teachers union leaders are in a panic because what they've really shown us is that they see the students as bags of money. You know, they're now they're now saying that the school system is going to be devastated because of the funding loss. But they weren't so concerned about the funding loss when they thought that they had this monopoly and that the parents weren't going to go anywhere else. And so long as they had, uh, you know, kids in front of a Zoom school, they were still going to get that education funding. And now they're seeing that parents are they're breaking up the monopoly, which is fantastic. But parents are finding other resources and now the teachers' unions are in full-blown panic mode, and they're trying to gaslight the American parents. So, yeah, discuss some of that gaslighting, because they, they, it's, it's not the case that they're admitting that we kept schools closed for too long, and it was our fault, and we're sorry. Uh, they're trying—like, Weingarten has repeatedly attempted to spin and say that somehow she was one of the ones fighting to get schools open. Yeah, Randy Weingarten is especially egregious here. Oh, goodness. Uh, as an aside, do you know, Randy Weingarten, we forget, AFT is only the second largest teachers union, but, but Randy Weingarten has made her name a household name, and I think the National Education Association is pretty thankful for that because they're the <laughs> largest one, and yet nobody knows who. I think it's Becky Pringle, Be- the Be- president. Becky, Becky Pringle. The, the, the NEA has the has the strategy of rotating their leaders every, you know, I think they have a term limit and the AFT doesn't. And that's why we know, you know, and that, I think that's why the AFT leadership, also the AFT leadership always come out of New York. Uh, so they always have a bigger media profile. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. She's been, she's been spinning her way out of this the past few months, ever since we really found out the depth to which Randy Weingarten and the AFT literally rewrote the CDC school opening guidelines. Um, they wanted to get some of their last perks in there. Uh, they made it, I think they added a whole paragraph about how uh, schools could close at any time that COVID rates got above a certain very low threshold. Um, honestly, you know, some of these activist teachers really enjoyed um giving school instruction from a beach in Puerto Rico to the extent that... Yeah, that was, that was know, a Chicago Teachers Union official, right? It who was, was who yes. Who was busted, busted advocating for school closures from a, from a beach? Yes, or yes. While, and, while, yep. on vac- while on vacation in Puerto Rico. To the extent, I mean, this was happening often enough that the teachers unions had to put out, you know, emails to their members saying, hey, don't post your vacation pictures. It's not a good look. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Randy Weingarten now is trying to rewrite the last couple of years, talking about how she wanted these schools to be opened, how she worked so hard to get the schools to a place where they could reopen. Um, she was caught, I think it was just a week or two ago. Uh, she was caught on video. Corey DeAngelis, uh, promoted this video, I think from an AFT event. She said, our kids are in crisis. 
We had a mental health crisis before COVID, but for two years of disruption, two years of looking at screens, two years of not having any normal kind of routine, recovery is really tough. Well, Randy, whose fault is that? You know, hot, hot, you were... do- hot dog guy meme dot JPEG. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, you know, she is potentially one of the most responsible figures for these school closures, for the learning loss, for the mental health issues we have, for kids who have just dropped out of school. If they don't have access to strong Wi-Fi, you know, if they have parents who have lost, reading this New York Times article you mentioned, if they have parents who have lost their jobs, then lost their homes and are bouncing between couches and motels, at some point, a lot of these kids have just given up, and it's devastating. And, and, the, and, and the kids who are already sort of tangentially attached, who are already at risk of dropping out, who are already at risk of, uh, you know, losing you know, of, of not finishing their education, you take away all the support structures with, by saying, I'm going to replace, I mean, you think of like what a school provides, you know, it provides obviously the education, but it also, you know, if you qualify for the federal lunch program, it provides, it provides literally food. If it, if, uh, you know, it provides a social structure, it may provide mentorship, uh, provide you know might provide an athletics program, uh, and you're going to replace Even just that. Just a safe place to be during the day sometimes, and and, and that's that's absolutely true. And you're going to replace that with a notebook, computer, and a Zoom program. And and we're seeing now. I'm glad that Harvard came out with this study. I'm glad that the New York Times is admitting that this is a problem. But you know what I did notice in the New York Times article? They do say there's no overriding explanation. It doesn't take an expert to see the overriding explanation for the decline in public school attendance. We're not experts, but I guess according to the New York Times, we are experts, Mike, because, (laughs) you know, they say that experts are pointing to um, remote learning and mask mandates for uh, and and in some cases like Los Angeles, uh, wanting the vaccine mandates for the children. And parents are just saying, no, I've had it. We're not doing this with you anymore. Right. I mean, and there's, you know, getting back, you know, bring, bringing back to Los Angeles actually is interesting. You, uh, the Freedom Foundation's client there and his issues with defund the police. This is all part of the, you know, broader idea of social justice unionism and the, and the more radical teachers unions, Chicago Teachers Union, UTLA, um, are probably on the, on the cutting edge of it, where it's not just about getting more money for teachers or getting more money for schools, and you can have your arguments about you know, whether uh, labor unionism functions in the government sector or not, but it's also a broader you know, left progressive agenda. The, you know, you'd see the defunding the police, you see um, you see the uh, you know, other labor unions like SCIU, uh, you know, came out and denounced the uh, the leaked opinion that suggests the Supreme Court might be ready to overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, you know, there, there's this broader undercurrent of a wider agenda than just more for the workers in modern unionism. And the government worker unions, including the teachers unions, are on sort of the cutting edge of it. Yeah, and and 
Los Angeles gives us so much to talk about, Michael, um, and for all the wrong reasons. But but the uh, the UTLA president there, Cecily Meyer Cruz, uh, she was made famous for saying, it's okay that our babies may not have learned all their times tables. They learned resilience. They know the difference between a riot and a protest. And they know the words insurrection and coup. And when she says that, she's still giving up the game here, actually, because they are trying to teach our school children to become uh, members of their army, their political army, rather than teaching them you know, the basic skills that they need, the reading, writing, and arithmetic, uh, they're, they're training them to be their foot soldiers. Yeah, no, that, that was a, like a truly jaw-dropping quote when I first read it. Like, you know, I, 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 no matter how radical you think some of these, some of these union officials are, it, it still is stunning sometimes. And, you know, it's because I think they've gotten so comfortable, Michael, in their monopoly with their political power. They are not used to being told no by the politicians that they purchase. And they have had a monopoly on the education system for a long time. And so if there is one silver lining amidst all of the, uh, you know, devastation that has been wrecked on some of these kids... If there's one silver lining, it's that parents finally got to see what was going on in the classroom when it had to be uh, zoomed into their their kitchen table. Yeah, or I, their... I don't I don't think it's surprising that the sort of that the pushback against the uh, the, the critical race theory, the other sort of woke indoctrinationy type lesson lesson plans. I don't think it's a coincidence that that happened after the year of Zoom school. Oh, absolutely. And and now we see these parent movements. You know, you and I are in the Washington, yeah, D.C. Parent, mo- parent movements that the NEA has explicitly resolved that it will push back against. Yes, yes. And, and uh, what is it, the school boards association, you know, trying to get the FBI to weigh in that parents are the terrorists now. And, and, and to, we... to, the point, to the point that the school boards association almost, I mean, we had, when that first dropped, we had one of the school boards associations that left the National School Boards Association come out to explain why they did it. Yes, because... and now we're seeing even more states following right. suit. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is one positive that has come out of all of these troubles that the teachers union leaders have inflicted on our kids and on our families. Uh, They're going to pay the price. And I think we're just now seeing the beginning of it. Every time there's a school board election, you're seeing people getting tossed out and and the parents are taking back control over their children's education. And that in itself is a wonderful thing. All right. Uh, Anything else our listeners should know about the work you all do at the Freedom Foundation or anything else you'd like to let them know? Thank you so much, Michael. We are very passionate about these teachers' unions uh, and the control they have over our kids' education. If you're a parent or if you're a teacher, if you have a friend who's a teacher, they're not happy with the representation that they are in, uh, contact the Freedom Foundation, freedomfoundation.com. We also have an interactive national map. Anyone in the country, if you're a public sector employee, optouttoday.com. You can go to your state. You can click on your union. We help generate a letter that you send and stop having those dues taken from your paychecks. All right. Well, thank you again to Ashley Varner of Freedom Foundation for joining us. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week. 